0: So good morning, everybody. We have something a little different today, um, and I hope that it will be a blessing to you. It's been a, a fun thing for me, so I wanted to take us back to um, one of the great missionaries and the reason he had for sharing the love of Christ with the world as an inspiration for St. Patrick, who... Did the same. And for all those, whether it's just going home after this service to share the love of Christ or whether it's going to the ends of the earth, um, what a blessing we have. So this is from Paul chapter 15. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again, because the grace... God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. By the one power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way to Lycrium, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ had not been known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. St. Patrick, or as he would have been known, Padraig. Padraig is the word for noble person, and it gives us a little hint into Patrick's background. Now, everybody knows St. Patrick, right? Every day, every year, we all become Irish for one day, March 17th, and we pull out what green we have, and we add green to whatever we're eating and drinking, and Everybody knows all about St. Patrick, right? Well, I thought I did, too, until I went to Ireland and did some research and some studying and started thinking about this guy, St. Patrick. This is actually the, the fifth of uh, my endeavors to share with you some stories and parts of the Bible and saints. And uh, I decided it was Patrick's turn to, to do that. And so for those of you who are visiting today, this is not our usual sermon Uh, It's a little different. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope that you won't hold it against us. Everybody knows St. Patrick, but maybe not. He was not Irish. Did you know that? He was born in Britain, maybe Scotland, maybe even Wales. He was not the first missionary in Ireland. When he arrived, many people had already heard of Christ. He didn't use a shamrock to explain the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and how that could be one in three and three in one. But he was interested in the Trinity. It was just not something, I guess, that occurred to him at the time. It did occur to people later. He didn't wage war on the Druids, the pagan priests, although he did spend time with them and chose to win them over not by battle, but by stories and words and ways of touching with their life. A gentle missionary who did not baptize by the sword, but by love. And he didn't cast out the snakes, I'm sorry to say. They didn't come back after the Ice Age, so they weren't there to begin with. So maybe we think we know St. Patrick and maybe we don't know him as well. But I think we should get to know him. He was born in the early 5th century in Britain to a noble family. Um, Taken to Ireland as a slave. That's how he got to Ireland. And this was a common practice for uh, people to raid the coasts of each other's uh, countries and take people into slavery. Nothing personal. Patrick was captured, and he uh, was taken and became a shepherd uh, there as a slave. Later escaped and became a priest. Oh, this was news to him because when he, before he had been taken, he had not been much of a believer. But after that, he became one. He returned to Ireland then against all reason and became a bishop and an apostle and the patron saint of Ireland to this day. So let's hear from Patrick a little bit about his life.
1: small I heard his call.
0: This is the Patrick Session Band a session yeah
1: <laughs> yeah
0: a session is a get together at a pub you get together and uh, bring your instruments, and usually there's a few people that know a few songs, and the rest learn them. It's a great tradition, which we've completely lost here. All we have is karaoke, you know, so. Uh, but in Ireland, it's alive and well, and I wanted this feeling to be that, and so we, we kind of sit around on our stools. Uh, we have practice the songs, more or less, but uh, <laughs> glad to have Steve and Patrick. Uh, the musical is named for Patrick, uh, of course, or vice versa. <laughs> And Andrew behind me here on drums and Cajon, and Doug Sedlak, who's uh, been great along the way here, is my backup, and uh, we're really grateful to them. So Patrick, Patrick uh, was taken into slavery, as I said before, and while in slavery, he was given a very biblical job. He was given the job of being a shepherd. Now, we're really blessed that we have two documents from this time. Um, right uh, from the pen of Patrick. So it was something that was written in the 5th century in a brand new area where Christianity was just starting to grab uh, ground and take root. It's a fascinating uh, two-document read if you get a chance. The Confessions and a letter called the Letter to Croticus. Uh, you can find them online. And Patrick writes in such a way you almost feel like he, he's our own time uh, the humility, the openness, the honesty, and the heartfelt desire to share the love of God that, that he had found with the people of Ireland. They're, they're incredible documents. And so um, they tell us a lot, and then later on, as often happens, uh, people want to fill in the gaps. And so in the 7th and 8th century, other uh, legends were written about St. Patrick, these having no real basis in truth, most likely, but but more what's called a hagiography, which is a glorification of a saint. And so they're interesting, they're um, meaningful. That's where we get the snakes being cast out of uh, Ireland and stories like that. But the great thing is that uh, we have the confessions from Patrick himself, and so we can uh, kind of know what it was really like and then what people made of it later. I took the opportunity because of this time uh, where he doesn't write a, a lot, about being a shepherd, to think what it would be like to be in his shoes, a, a shepherd boy, far away from home, enslaved now in a strange land, doesn't know the language, and is left out uh, there with the uh, the sheep. And I thought maybe, like most of us, he would have turned to something that he did know to give him comfort. And maybe he would have turned to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And so uh, I wanted to set this to to music for uh, Patrick's consolation his encouragement um, and for uh, an opportunity to get inside that place where he was at that time here's where his faith grew and instead of being in dismay during this time period he actually counted this as the best time of his life in his relationship with the Lord something we can all learn I think Although it was a blessed time for Patrick, uh, God had other plans for him. He recounts in his confessions that there was a voice that cried out to him after six years that it was time for him to go home, to escape. We think he was in the very northern part of Ireland, and we think that he had to cross uh, the whole uh, country to get to the port, which would have meant many, many, many days out in the open, hiding. And uh, God was with him every step of the way. He got to the port, and and against the sailor's best instincts, they took him on board as a runaway slave and eventually made it back to his homeland. Uh, He becomes a priest now after his change in relationship with God. He's always a little insecure in his letters and writing that he came to his learning about the priesthood late. Uh, His words and his grammar were not what he would have wished, but his heart was always in the right place, and uh, we have to admire that he took this terrible experience of slavery and used it for God's work. He's safe at home with his family when he receives a vision of all things, to return to Ireland, this time not as a slave, but as a missionary. I imagined at that moment that I heard the voice of those very people, and they cried out, as with one voice, we appeal to you, holy servant boy, to come and walk among us. And Patrick said yes. Yes.
1: It sure did flow when I told me ma I had to go and Daniel cracked my spine when he hugged me one last time what a ship I had to hail miles west
0: A whole bunch of Irish men and women out there, I can tell.
1: How the shorter
0: So, Patrick went back, uh, not safe, not smart, but faithful to go back. And um, it's interesting that in the Druid tradition, we'll say, we'll say it like this, because we can't be too sure of all this stuff, but... In the Druid tradition, there was a prophecy about a man coming from another land who would disrupt their whole religion, the the pagan, uh, native Irish religion. He would disrupt it forever. Um, And the prophecy was very cryptic. Ad's head will come with his crooked-headed staff, and his garment with a hole in the head. He will chant impiety from his table in the east of his house. His whole household will respond to him, so be it, so be it. Well, it's not that cryptic, actually. An ad's head person, the hair style for the monks, the way they cut the monk's hair from Patrick's tradition, would have looked a lot like the implement for farming. The crooked-headed staff would have been the bishop's crozier that he would have come to shore with. His garment with a hole in his head is the, the garment every once in a while Pastor Dave throws on for communion, the big poncho. Chanting and piety, of course, would be saying his prayers. The table in the east of his house, his house being the church and the altar being in the east. His whole household would be his church. His members respond to him Amen. Amen. And so, they knew that when Patrick came, it would disrupt things, to say the least. And Patrick made a very strong statement, according to one of the legends. There are two hills in Ireland that are not too far from each other. The Hill of Tara, which is the Hill of the Kings, and the Hill of Slain. And our group had a chance to visit both places. The Hill of Tara, at the midsummer mark, the king would order all lights to be, all fires to be put out in the land, and he would kindle one fire there on the mountaintop in the dead of the night. That would be the light that would then be lit all around the country uh, for their fires for the rest of the year. It was an order that only the king could light that light, and of course the king represented the pagan faith of the time. So Patrick found a way to beat the king to the top of the hill of Slain and lit the light of Christ instead. And the priests, the Druids, said, this is the end of us. The light now has come that will overcome all the darkness. St. Patrick uh, undoubtedly was active in preaching and teaching, baptizing thousands and training priests and setting up uh, all sorts of uh, churches around many claim that today he is also remi- remembered for a wonderful poem called the breastplate of st patrick or holy holy armor of st patrick and it's a very interesting prayer that reflects the earthiness of irish christianity the things matter uh, the ground and the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets it 's very environmental faith the the version of a Celtic uh, version of Christianity, unlike the what the western christian version which which was to wipe out any attachment to matter, any attachment and everything needed to be spiritual or if it was material, it was bad. but for the Irish, they loved the earth, and so patrick 's prayer. I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity by invocation of the same, the three in one and the one in three. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me. And so Patrick left behind this humble witness powerful witness, a wonderful ability to bring people together and create a nation that today still is 90% Christianized and uh, remains uh, a bright spot in Europe where, unfortunately, um, Christianity has waned. We're all familiar with the Irish blessing, and I wanted to leave us with that. Not something that we're sure St. Patrick wrote, but something that he certainly could have written from what we know about him. And these are St. Patrick's words. This is why I can't be silent, nor would it be good to do so, about such great blessings and such a gift that the Lord is so kindly bestowed in the land of my captivity. This is how we can repay such blessings. When our lives change and we come to know God, to praise and bear witness to his great wonders before every nation under heaven. St. Patrick sure did that with his life, and that's maybe our best lesson today. It's a lesson of our mission at Advent, to share God's love with the world. We have another friend and inspiration in Patrick. So, the Irish blessing. I'll be playing for tips in the uh, courtyard after. Then <laughs> again, thanks to the I- Patrick Session Band. We're playing uh, here in the Fellowship Hall next Sunday night. We moved it a little earlier just to accommodate schedules. five o'clock next Sunday night if you'd like to sign up after Shepherd's Pie and maybe some Guinness and some great music.
1: Above you and lo, when you sleep and when you greet the day. smiling